Today, I'm gonna to be going over all of your top questions that you guys have submitted as far as Helium 10 and other Amazon strategies. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. What was your gross sales yesterday, last week, last year? More importantly, what are your profits after all your cost of selling on Amazon? Did you pay any storage charges to Amazon? How much did you spend on PPC? Find out these key metrics and more by using the Helium 10 tool, Profits. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash profits. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And what we do, guys, is once a week, every week, we have a training for our Serious Sellers Club members and our Helium 10 Elite members. Serious Sellers Club is our private community of sellers who are doing over $500,000 a year on Amazon, and our Helium 10 Elite is one of our special communities as well. And once a month, um, we are going to be opening up this kind of Ask Me Anything to everybody and also repurposing it as we are doing right now as a podcast episode so you guys can take advantage of some of the questions that other people have and maybe it's some similar questions that you have. So here is our Ask Me Anything for, for this month. I hope you guys are able to get some, some great tips uh, out of it. And if you guys would like to participate in the July one, don't forget to uh, sign up to get notifications on when we're going to go live. Um, if you're on our email list, you should get a notification. If you're subscribed to our YouTube, subscribe on our Facebook groups, and you'll get a notification on when we go live to do it. But we'll definitely be doing this once a month. You guys could submit all your questions about Helium 10 Live. Let's go ahead and hop right into it. Whatever Helium 10 questions you guys have on how I can help you with your Amazon business, uh, go ahead and throw it into the uh, chat, and I'll try and get to as many questions as, uh, as possible. Somebody from YouTube says, I changed my image because my, my conversion rate was dropping. After changing my picture, it didn't see much increase. Yeah. So just because you change your images, that doesn't always guarantee that, oh, okay, hey, everything is going to be completely fine, you know, after that. That's not, you know, that's not, that's definitely not the, the way it works. Now, that doesn't mean you don't try changing it because sometimes the image strategy changing can help, which is why, again, you use Listing Analyzer to look at what is working for your competitors. Andrea says, Amazon loves new content. Yeah, sometimes that's true. Um, but I wouldn't change your image. I wouldn't change your listing all the time because at least on the, on the keyword side, sometimes it can actually confuse the Amazon algorithm. So just because you can do new, new listings in your listing builder in Helium 10, I wouldn't always, I wouldn't always change my listing like nonstop because the, the algorithm might not be able to the algorithm might not be able to, to react in time. Jesse says, is there any KPI we could use to see how effective our images are other than sales? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? Sales, but sales is only the very, very end of it. There's different steps. There's add to carts. There is your session unit session rate. So, for example, the first thing in Helium 10 I would be looking at, especially on our, on the new Insights dashboard, and something that I check like uh, sometimes on a daily or weekly basis, is my unit session percentage. All right, basically out of how many sessions, how many sessions, how many times people visited my page, what was my my sales? All right, and then the sessions itself. 
Because think about it. If my keyword ranks stay the same, which they don't always say the same, but let's, let's, let's just take, let's, let's just pretend that on average, my keyword ranks are similar from this week to last week. And my sessions or page views, if either of those metrics goes down, what does that mean? That means that people in the search results were choosing my product less. They clicked on it less. It, it, let's just say if the search volume was kind of similar, right? And so this is obviously something you can look over time. So I'm going to be looking in my Helium 10 dashboard at my, my sessions, first of all, and my keyword ranks. Because if the keyword rank stays the same, but my sessions goes up, that means more people are clicking on it in the search results than before, meaning that maybe they like this new price point I put, maybe they like my new title, maybe they liked my new main image. If my sessions goes down, well then something is wrong. The same thing, like maybe we're talking about your your page views, or your, I mean maybe you actually change your A plus content or you change your secondary images, something you can't see in the search results. Well, the metric that would show that is of course your you know unit session percentage. All right, so if you were getting 100 sessions and you were doing five sales, well, your unit session percentage is gonna be 5%. That'll show on your Helium 10 dashboard. But if all of a sudden that goes down to 2% after you change some images, well, guess what? Whatever new images you have, they're not performing as well as your old ones, so I would revert back to the old ones, all right? If your unit session percentage went from 5% to 8%, well, then regardless of what your sales did, you know, because maybe sales you know, can go up or down, if that, if that unit session percentage went up, you know you made the right decision with changing your images. Uh, if you're outside of Helium 10 and once you get into search query performance, you can even take it to the next level and start examining your impressions versus your clicks versus your add to carts and then your sales. Kunal says, how exactly can we use ChatGPT for optimizing and upgrading the listing? So here's, let, let me tell you exactly how I do it. So I had a listing that I thought needed refreshing. And so what I did was I, I imported it into my listing builder and then I put some new keywords I wanted to include in there. And then for a couple of the, I didn't do the whole entire listing, but like a couple of the bullet points, I just uh, had the chat GPT inside of listing builder kind of like give me another idea uh, based on a different vibe. So like you can choose inside of listing builder the vibe that you want, like humorous or serious or, you know, the, you know, there's there's other there's other ones you can do. So I was like, I want to do a humorous one. Maybe I want to do a new title that's humorous. So, so I put in there which keywords I want Listing Builder to use or ChatGPT, and then I I had it refresh. Um, I had it refresh a a uh, a new title for me using that different vibe. And then maybe I didn't use the exact one that it gave me, but it gave me an idea. Like it made something in the way I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool way of saying that. Or that's a pretty cool way of saying this bullet point. So that's how I personally do it. If I have a brand new listing, I'll use it to get a start on it. I have all my keywords and I'll have ChatGPT make round one. Now I go in there and I still change a lot of it, right? I still change a lot of the listing because ChatGPT doesn't always use all of the keywords that I want to specify. But I have it, get me on the right track because sometimes we all have, you know, writer's block sometimes and we don't know how to get started. But it usually, as soon as ChatGPT makes a test listing based on what the inputs I put, I'm like, man, that that's a great, that's a great start. And then I go in there and I start optimizing it from the keyword, uh, the keyword basis. Matthew says, what are your thoughts on periodically updating your listing to try and optimize for different sets of keywords? So, so like I said, I am not going to do it that often. All right. Like when I say often, 
uh, I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm not updating my listing like once a week or something like that. That's going to confuse the Amazon algorithm. So I could do that in a Helium 10 listing builder. I could do a different listing every day if I wanted to, but no, uh, just because I could do it, I can do it doesn't mean it's a good practice. I usually don't change my, my mature listings more than like once every couple months at most, because there, there's usually not new keywords that comes up all the time. Now, if, if I'm, if I just have a new keyword that I found that my competitor is ranking for, and it's just a matter of, of throwing one keyword in there. Sure. I, I can do that, but I'm not going to change, you know, I'm not going to throw into my title like once every month, you know, I don't, I don't want to change my title that often, but I'll throw in a keyword here or there. If I'm trying to up, you know, change my entire bullet points, I'm not going to be doing that once a month. No, because again, the, the, the algorithm needs time to, to adapt to, to what we are putting in the listings. And if I'm constantly changing it, that could actually hurt my, my rank, my rankings. Is there a helium 10 guide to launching new products? Yes. We, we, we have that, uh, like the mall, you know, we talk about in the Maldives honeymoon strategy. So this, the, the, the 466 and 467 is kind of like the, the pre-launch strategy. All right. So, so that, that's what gets you like 80% of the way there. And then I would go to h10.me forward slash 400 and look at the second half of that episode as far as how I actually launch the products um, after that. Michael says, should a keyword become a negative target if it gets a good rate of impressions and clicks? Uh, for me, let's say I'm using Atomic. I'll tell you what my rules are that I put in Helium 10 Atomic is, I say, hey, if I get a keyword that has 20 clicks and or spend that equals half of the retail price. In other words, if I have a $50 retail product and I've spent $25, I'm actually going to suggest Atomic to to tell to suggest to me to negative match that keyword. All right? If it gets like 25 clicks, uh, sometimes I'll do even 15 or 20 clicks or $25 spent 50% of the retail pr price because usually that means that there's um regardless of the buyer intent my product is just not vibing with them. So it's just wasting money. That being said, let's just say that it's one of my main keywords. Like if I'm selling a coffin shelf and I get great impressions, great clicks on coffin shelf and zero sales before I negative match that, I got to figure out what's going on with my product because that I, I'm not going to have success in on Amazon if one of my main 10 keywords I am getting zero clicks. That means something is broken with my listing. Something is wrong with my listing that people are not buying it or or I'm just going to give up on that product because if, because if there's nothing wrong, uh, if I can't figure out what's wrong, then I might as well just stop selling that product because if one of if my main keyboard, I can't even get people to click on it and buy it, I'm not going to have long-term success. I guarantee it. So if it's just a random keyword, I yes, I am negative matching that in Atomic uh, because it's just going to keep losing me sales. But if my impressions and clicks are really good, and it's one of my main keywords and I can maybe make an analysis and, and compare my listing to other listings and figure out what are people not liking about my listing when they click on it, then I, yeah, I'll try and fix it before I, before I, uh, negative match that. Joe says, does Amazon provide more ranking juice for a keyword from a clicked product link versus a clicked PPC ad? Uh, it, it's almost, it's, it's near identical. You know, in my test, you know, I, I've, and which is why like the Maldives honeymoon strategy that we talk about works, which is a hundred percent based on PPC because it, you know, think about what matters to Amazon, right? 
they want to get the sale. Sure, they, they can get, you know, a a 50 cent cost per click. And of course they, they want to make money in sponsored ads. But at the end of the day, if they have a $50 product, Amazon is making uh, $8 on the actual sale of the product, plus the money that they're going to make in fulfilling it, you know, the, the, their profit margins in the pick and pack and, and all that stuff, right? So at the end of the day, Amazon wants to make sales. And so it's going to show the products at the top of the page that gives it the best chance to make that sales, regardless if it's, if, if it's PPC, you have control over that. But the organic one is the one that Amazon's algorithm has control over. So when you are optimizing your listing for keywords, and that's what this strategy I've been talking about today um, is about, then you need, you need to make sure that you are showing up either in sponsored or organic. And if you want to show up in organic, you have to start with a sponsor. So usually it's, it's not one or the other. You, you've got to try and optimize for, for both. But Amazon is checking what people are searching for, what they're clicking on, regardless of if it's organic or if it's PPC. Easy Stud Rack from YouTube says, under atomic suggestions, new keywords I see uh, in quotation mark here, user customized order threshold on a positive rule. I see red, yellow, and green dots on ACOS. I'm scared to check the suggestion. What is it suggesting? So when it says user customized, order threshold on a positive rule. What that means is that you set a rule, which is what exactly what you should have done is you set a rule saying, Hey, if, if in an auto or broad campaign, I get X number of sales at this a cost suggest to me to add this to my manual campaign. So that's what you should have set up. It sounds like that's what you did set up. So it's suggesting, I mean, again, it's suggesting whatever you entered into it. So the, the suggestions, there will be zero suggestions if you didn't set up the rule yourself. So the fact that you're getting a suggestion in Atomic, uh, Easy Stud Rack, that means that you must have set up a rule. Now, I can't tell you if the rule that you set up was good or not. This is a garbage in, garbage out thing. So if you gave it a terrible rule, well, yeah, you're going to get terrible results. But let me tell you what I put my rule, and then you can check your rules. So for my rules, for my positive rules, the, the one that, that means I'm adding keywords to another campaign. I put in my atomic, if I get two sales for a search term or an ASIN, two sales, and the ACOS is below what my threshold is to be profitable, let's just say it's 30%, right? If I get two sales at below 30% ACOS, suggest to me to add this to my manual campaign. So hopefully that's what you did to set up yours, all right? And if, and, and if you see it on the suggestion page and you hit the plus sign, you know, to go ahead and, and submit the suggestion, it's only going to do what you had set up for the rule. So I would go in, check what you had put for the rules. And then if you're, you're cool with that, then, then go ahead and run your suggestions through. Michael says, thanks, Bradley, your webinars, ask me anything. And podcasts are literally lifting my business off the ground. I love to hear that, Michael. That's awesome. Romaine says, my ACOS is over 100%. Any tips, Lord? So hopefully you're using Atomic. So if you're using Atomic, this is what I would do, Romaine. I'm in the Project X account. And if I have, if I, I mean, if you had the rules set up, Atomic would be sharing, telling you what you need to do to get your ACOS down. But let's just say maybe you didn't set your rules up or you just started with Atomic. Like if you just, if anybody just starts with Atomic, here's what I would, here, here's what I would do. I, I would look at the last, like, let's just say 60 days. All right. And I'm, I haven't even looked at, at, um, the advertising here. So I'm hoping that nothing shows up here, but
but th- there might be some that that show up because I haven't been uh, I've been on traveling for a while, so I haven't uh, been following up with my atomic here. I'm going to go to my analytics and I'm going to go to search term. All right, I'm going to go to search terms, and then what I want to do is I want to say, hey, what have I spent? At least, um, or no, you know what? I'm going to pick clicks. Is there any search terms that I have had at least 25 clicks, all right? But I have had zero, I have had zero PPC orders, all right? So this is just just so simple. You can't really, it's harder to do this in Seller Central, but that's why I love Atomic. And look at this. Here's 22 search terms, good grief, that I have spent a couple hundred dollars on and that I have gotten zero sales. So take a look at this, guys. Right here, here is an ASIN, all right? Maybe I wanna see what the heck is this ASIN. So I'm gonna see what this ASIN is. This is another coffin shelf. Look at this, guys. I I had not been paying attention to my Atomic. I have gotten 116 clicks. This is terrible. What's wrong with me? I've gotten 116 clicks on this keyword with zero sales. I spent $54. So I want to negative match it, but I want to see where is this showing up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show, I want to see this in the ad group, the actual ad group. So I'm going to hit this toggle for ad group. This is why Atomic is so amazing, guys. If you guys aren't using this, my goodness, you guys are wasting a lot of time. All right. So, oh, you see, this is good. I actually have this ASIN as a target inside of, of this campaign. So I'm going to actually click this and I want to go into this campaign and then just take a look at what the heck I was thinking. And what I did was I saw this on my analytics page and now I opened up to the product target group. And sure enough, here is in the last 60 days, what, what ASIN was this? RK9. Here's RK9, zero, zero sale. So I'm going to pause this. This is, this is just wasting me money like ridiculous. So I'm just going to go ahead and pause this. And now I'm not going to spend any more money on this target that is, is, is costing me money. All right. What are some other ones here? Pink coffin shelf. All right. For whatever reason on the research group, pink coffin shelf is not working for me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm without even having to go to the campaign, I'm going to go ahead and add this as a negative match. So I'm going to hit this negative target and I want to negative match this on this research campaign. There it is right there. I've gotten 85 clicks with zero sales. I'm going to hit apply. And now this is never going to show up in that campaign again. So if I would have just left this, that's like $75 worth of spend potentially that that I just saved over the next two months by by taking three seconds and doing this in, in Atomic. So, so that's what I would do. The first step I'm going to do to lower my um, my ACoS is seeing where I'm spending money and not getting any sales. There's there's of course a lot of other things you can do, but but that's that's my that's my first thing. Michael says, what's what's a good target for for ACoS? Uh, it, it depends. You know, there's there's no one answer for this. The best ACoS you could have is what makes you profitable, but you should also be thinking about your total ACoS or your tacos, because sometimes you could be maybe not so profitable on an individual ASIN or on your ACoS, on your actual campaign that you're doing, but because you're running this, it has this like ripple effect across your other products where overall you're still profitable. So don't just just look at your ACoS 
But if you just want this to be profitable exactly on what you're advertising for, yeah, you can look at your ACoS and then you've got to find that, that sweet spot where you can still be profitable. Palash says, broad phrase and exact, what's the difference between the bids strategy? Again, every, every, everything I do, no matter if it's broad, no matter if it's phrase, no matter if it's exact, when I'm setting that up in Atomic is I'm just trying to be profitable. And my target price for exact might be different than it is, you know, like maybe uh, sometimes for broad and auto, I have to keep lower bids because the, you know, the targets can be all over the place, right? So I might have to keep a lower bid just to make up for for all the, you know, the, the keywords that it's going to show me that maybe I'm not going to get many sales on. Um, but yeah, it, it's up to you and it's, it's up to your product at what you can remain profitable at. There's no magic number that you should be uh, shooting for. Robin says, what's the best way to learn with Atomic? Is if you just started with Atomic, reach out to customer support and they've got like this eight boarding, eight boarding, I can't even speak right, eight week onboarding, short and firm, eight boarding, <laughs> eight week onboarding course where you can hop on calls like this once a week and just get demos on how to set the whole thing up. And of course, we've got videos as well in, in the Atomic where you can help get set up. But but yeah, I would definitely rely on that that eight-week course, which is completely free to, to get ramped up. Brett says, I first started with PPC, had a very poor structure. I've heard that if you move keywords to new campaigns, you lose history. How do you recommend reorganizing? All right, so here's exactly how I have it in Atomic. I wonder if I can even show you guys my, I think I can, yeah. I'm gonna show you guys exactly how I have it set up in Atomic. And this is is the best way to have it um, have it set up. All right, let me look up my rules here. Perfect, perfect. All right, so I'm gonna show you guys my my rules for Atomic. Let's just look at my promotion rules, my positive rules. This means how I uh, find new keywords. All right, so take a look at what you see here. These are all of my campaigns for this egg rack product. I have got a research campaign, that's a broad campaign. I've got an ASIN product targeting campaign. I've got a performance campaign. That means that's my exact manual campaign. I've got a sponsor display campaign here. Um, I have an additional exact campaign because me, I like to keep my, tar my campaigns, my exact campaigns to a maximum of 20 targets. That's just me. I just keep it at max 20. And then once I reach 20, I gotta make a new campaign, right? Um, I actually have three of those here in this in this in this flow. And then here's my auto campaign. So how I set these rules up, I know this looks like if you're new to Atomic, this looks like a, just a bunch of check marks. Basically, I have this setup where it's basically it's saying, hey, let, let me show you at the bottom here. If I have two orders on a certain target or a certain search term or ASIN, and it's 30% ACOS or less. By having, if I find that in the auto campaign, by me having this check mark in the research campaign, what it's saying is, is, is if I find a keyword that I get two sales on, it's going to go ahead and add it to my broad match campaign so I can maybe find some more long tail keywords. It's not going to delete it from the auto campaign. That's called a uh, keyword isolation. Some people call that. I'm not doing that. I'm keeping it in the auto campaign unless it really starts taking off in the research campaign. The same time, it's also adding an exact camp match for that search term that it found in the auto in my manual, exact manual campaign. Let's say it finds something in the research campaign. That's my broad. It finds a long tail keyword. Again, it has to match this criteria of two orders and less than 30% ACoS. 
If I get that in my broad campaign, it's also going to add that to my manual campaign. As you guys may or may not know, in an auto campaign, it can show me for ASINs on product targeting, right? It can show me for an ASIN somehow. So the same rule applies. That's what I have here. I just set up this once, guys, and I never have to worry about this. If it if I get two conversions on an ASIN in my auto campaign, look at this. I have that it's going to add it to my product targeting campaign, all right, my ASIN targeting campaign, so I can make Amazon show me for this ASIN and my sponsored display campaign. So again, all of my campaigns here are talking to each other uh, thanks to Atomic. And I don't have to go download my reports every single time and try and figure out and add things and delete things and negative, no. Uh, Helium 10 is gonna do all that for me. And then, so let me just show you if, if, the cam if it actually works, I go to my suggestions. Let me see if there's any new keywords that it's going to suggest. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully the answer is uh, no, but wow, look, look at this, good grief. All right, so for this ASIN, look at this. I converted in a pink shelf, or in my pink coffin shelf campaign, I converted for this ASIN right here. Look at this. I only spent $4 and I got $63 worth of sales. This was from an auto campaign, right? So if I put my mouse over here, it's saying, hey, you need to add this to your product targeting campaign and you need to add it to your sponsor display campaign. You think I wanna do that? You better believe I wanna do that. If an auto campaign can, can perform this well, I definitely wanna do it on purpose. So I just hit this button once, I hit apply, boom goes the dynamite, it's done. Atomic just added that ASIN to my sponsor display campaign and it added it to my product targeting campaign that's thanks to Atomic finding in this keyword in an auto campaign. So now uh, I'm going to be targeting those 24 hours a day, theoretically speaking, in my exact campaign. So that's the power of what Atomic can do. Jesse says, is there a tool we can use to prevent running out of stock? Yeah, inventory management. Inventory management in Helium 10, if you set it up correctly and you set the right algorithm of, of what, you know, of what your product is and, and the sales uh, are all tied to, to Helium 10, It'll help you to not run out of stock because it'll tell you when you need to order more, when you need to transfer some from, from your inventory, like from your 3PL, et cetera. That's what I use for all of my um, Amazon accounts. What is the best filter to get a keyword from Cerebro? I, I mean, it depends. There's a million filters in there, but I like the one-click filters in Cerebro. You know, if I enter a whole bunch of my competitor ASINs, the very first button I'm going to click is the button top keywords, right? The next button I'm gonna click is opportunity keywords. Those will give you some great keywords right there. Samuel says, Bradley, from your example, if you add those keywords to your sponsor display campaign and find that after 30 plus days, it's not performing in that campaign, do you pause that target? Absolutely. So it, regardless of how I found a keyword, when I found a keyword, why I found, found a keyword, if there is a keyword that is not performing well, I, and I'm not going to go dig into figuring out, is there something wrong with my listing? Let's just pretend that I know that everything is as good as it can be. I'm just finding out that this keyword doesn't perform well. If I'm getting that 25 clicks with no sales, 30 clicks with no sales, or I'm spending 20 bucks with no sales on a $40 product or a $30 product, yes, I am pausing that target because it's just not working. You know, if you don't have to get a sale every five clicks, no. But my my number that I pick is anywhere between 20 to 40. If, if I go 40 clicks 
without sale, a sale, or 30 clicks, it's very unlikely that I'm going to get a sale after 60 clicks, for example, all right? I hope that makes sense. So the, that, that's why that's why I go ahead and pause it after, after that uh, amount of time. So I thank you guys for joining me on this training. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye now.